You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Hey church, it is so good to see you. Oh. There we go. Sorry, technical. It is so good to see you. Oh, my goodness. How good is it to be in the house of God today? Oh, my word. So good. Oh, just loving being here. My heart is so full of joy today. As Lizanne and I were standing on the doors, I just got that, like, flutter, that excitement of just being in the house of my family. And um, I love it. I love it. You are so welcome here. You are so welcome, part of the family. Um. Now, I don't know about you, whether you've ever had that moment in your life where something's gone wrong and you've just gone, oh, rubbish. Well, I went on holiday, uh, kind of end of May, early June sort of time, and um, Joel and I, we went camping. Oh, it was beautiful. Now, you might think, Sarah, you went camping. Yes, I went camping. I bizarrely like being in a tent. As long as I've got my duvet and I've got my, you know, torches and I've got, uh, what, do you, what did it, what's it called? Camping curlers. Camping curlers. <laughs> Look, as long as I've got everything I need, I like camping. And it was a beautiful time over in Norfolk. My mom and my dad and my sisters and my brother-in-law, laws, plural, and uh, my nephews and my niece, but we were all there. So like our big reunion post-pandemic, and it was incredible. I had my birthday there with my family for the first time in like forever. It was just so chilled and refreshing and amazing, and the sun shone, and we ate food, and we went to the beach, and it was just like one of those holidays, you just go, <sighs> You know, just so refreshing, so good. Felt amazing afterwards. And um, the problem with holidays is that they come to an end, right? <laughs> Damn it, why do they have to come to an end? But um, even when Joel and I were looking at the, the drive, you know, it's about five hours to get back from Norfolk. And I was going, I don't mind. Like, I'm chilled out. I'm refreshed. I don't mind that drive. We're going to belt out the show tunes. Joel does an amazing, uh, the female part to Les Mis. He does it incredibly. You can ask him. I'm sure he'd. You know, I don't think he's actually here, so I think I got away with that. Um, but yeah, we it was fine. Like, I didn't mind the journey. It was chilled. It was great. And uh, we're about four hours into the journey and, you know, just having a lovely time. And then suddenly you hear that, Kutuf, that thud, and you're like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's, you know, nothing major. I'm sure everything's okay. And then suddenly, I mean, I wasn't s- steering, but Joel was driving, and I could just see him, like, Start to like shudder, you know, on the on the steering wheel. Those drivers out there, you just gotta get that shudder, and it's like the tire's blown. The tire has blown four hours into the journey, and he's there on the A50 just outside of Stoke, which is an interesting place to get stuck. But he's there trying to like navigate the car over to the side to like whack on the hazards and everything like that. And it's just like, oh, come on. I was having such a good time. And then there's this moment where you're sat in the car and you're both sat there. You're staring forwards. You know what's about to happen because you look in the rear view. And all you can see in Joel's massive estate car is camping equipment from here to here. And you're looking in the rear view and you just think, the tires underneath all of that. It's the worst moment in the world when you're like, going to have to literally unpack 
the whole entire car to get the tire out, to do the tire, to repack the whole entire estate car. And it's just that moment when your heart sinks, doesn't it? And you're like, why God, why me, why now? But it's just that moment where you feel like that joy, that beautiful moment post holiday, just go, oh, oh. And I don't know about you, but there's moments when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? You step on a plug. Or for those parents out there, Lego. Oh, Ben's like, yeah, I felt that pain there. Like, it hurts, doesn't it? Those moments where you just, you get out of bed and the phone hasn't charged. It's running out of battery. Or you drop your phone in water. Wow. Okay, church, I felt that one. Whew. Or uh, just or maybe those bigger moments, you know, when, let's be honest, you lose a job or you lose a loved one. And it's just that moment where you feel that joy from inside you just be dis- disappear and get robbed. And let's be honest, right? In the season that we've been through right now, waking up and seeing statistics every day, waking up and seeing the news that is just so hard and just difficult to get your head around, it's been a hard ride. You know, Tendo and I were talking the other day. Do you remember? We literally were locked into our houses where we were only allowed out for an hour a day. Like that happened. That was a thing. Those moments where it looks like our joy has been robbed. And I think as even as a nation, I think our joy looks like it's been robbed a little bit. You know, it's been robbed. And today, church, I want us to look at joy unlocked. Joy unlocked. We've been going in our series of Summer Unlocked, and today we're looking at joy. And um, I find it really interesting that even though we've had those really difficult moments, there's just been these little glimmers of like, where communities have stepped up to the mark and they've looked after people, where neighbours who have never spoken for years have spoken, have done food shopping, have driven each other around, have, have been there in times of need, those glimmers of hope, those glimmers of, oh, no, there is something good coming out of this. There is something good that we can choose to focus on. But I guess in the midst of all of that, we have to ask ourselves a question. What did you focus on? Did you focus on... The difficult things, the hard statistics, the hard reality of what we were facing right in that moment? Or did you focus on, oh my goodness, look what's happening over here. Or look what's happening over there. These beautiful glimmers of hope. And today we're looking at Joy Unlocked. You might have noticed as you're coming in, some of the host team, big up to them, wearing some slightly silly glasses and beards. Now, that's not a normal thing. I just should probably point that out. That's not like they get up in the morning, I've got my team T-shirt, I've got my beard, I've got my goggly eyes. Like, that's not a normal Sunday morning thing. That's because we wanted to bring some joy to the place. We wanted to lift our spirits a bit today. And today, church, I want to challenge us to think, joy flows from what we focus on. Joy flows from what we focus on. And uh, we're going to look at John 16, if you've got your Bible, or you can look to uh, the Sky Bible, as we like to call it. And um, it says this, Jesus is chatting with his disciples about all that's about to happen to him, nearing the, nearing the end of his earthly life. And he says this, I tell you the truth, you will meet, weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But let the world, but the world will rejoice. You grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. 
It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask, uh, ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. You will have abundant joy. Joy flows from what we focus on. And in this passage, Jesus is obviously talking to his disciples, his closest guys, and he's saying, look, guys, it's about to get a little bit, you know, you're going to mourn, you're going to weep, it's going to be hard. But he doesn't just stop there, does he? He goes, but there's going to be abundant joy. Not like just like a little, but there's be joy. Abundant joy, joy in all of its fullness. Your grief will turn to wonderful joy. It is so powerful. It is so powerful that Jesus talks about this. He's talking about his death on the cross in this moment. He's talking about a moment of pure pain and anguish where you could go, oh, this is really hard. This is really difficult. But when what does he say? But it's going to bring abundant joy. It's going to bring abundant joy. And we know that joy because of what Jesus did with the resurrection. And when we talk about him conquering death and coming back to life. Now, in our passage, it talks about the birthing of a child. Now, I can't speak directly from birthing a child, nor have I birthed a cat or anything like that. Um, but I have heard from people such as Anna on the front row with baby Asher and others in the house and my family and yeah, even movies that, you know, <laughs> birthing is not necessarily the most fun thing to do. It's not something you really kind of go, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Like you're in that moment and especially in the movies, you see that, why have you done this to me? I'm never doing this again. This is horrific. I don't like, am I right, Anna? Oh, <laughs> if you didn't hear that, that was literally a, oh yeah. Why have you done this? I'm never doing this again. To the beautiful moment where the child is born, the baby is here, God willing, and it is the most joyful moment because there's a new life in the world and suddenly all that pain and anguish, well, it's gone. And suddenly it's like that didn't even matter anymore because of what has happened. Or maybe you've done a project in work and it's like you are grafting hard. You are working hard on a project and it is taking time and effort and pain. But you come through the other side and you see the fruit of it and you go, wow, that was, that look at that, it's amazing. Or even decorating your house, like choosing the paint, preparing the walls, painting, trying not to get the paint all over yourself, picking furniture, blah, 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 all of that stuff. But actually when you get to the end of it, you're like, I did a good, great job. This looks amazing. It's that moment where you have to go through some of the pain to come out the other side. But it says in Psalm 30, pain in the night and joy in the morning. You don't stay in that anguish. You don't stay in that pain because the joy is coming. You know, there may be times of anguish, but we always know and we can always live in the knowledge that the joy is going to come. Because do you know what? Verse 22. So you have sorrow now but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of your joy. No one can rob you of your joy. What? No one can rob that joy. No one can take that away from you. 
The freedom that you have through knowing Christ if you've accepted him. The freedom that you can have through knowing that you are saved and you are free and you've been granted grace and love and mercy. That can't be stripped away from you. There's no point at which we say, oh, well, will I lose my salvation today? That doesn't happen. That's not a thing. Which means the joy that we find through that can never be robbed. It can never be taken away. It's not something that you can lose. It's something that you have, something that is intrinsically part of you because of Jesus. The joy of our salvation cannot be robbed. Oh, that's refreshing, right? That is so refreshing to hear today. No matter how many plugs you stand on, it cannot rob your joy. In Hebrews 12, in the brilliant Passion Translation, it says this. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to read that again. Oh my goodness. Open up your ears, people. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross. He went through it all. He conquered the humiliation and now sits at the right hand of God on the throne. I mean, I'm not going to lie, church. I could just put the mic down and walk off right now, right? That's insane. That's insane that he was focused on me on the cross, that in his most anguished, painful moment, he was focused on joy. He was joy-filled because of me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And when, I don't know about you, but when you think of the word joy, I don't necessarily automatically go, oh, pain and anguish. No, I think of like rainbows and butterflies and, I don't know, like unicorns. I don't know why. I think it's because, you know, when you see the things in paper chase, it's all like bright and colorful, right? But that's what I think of when I think of the word joy. I think of this thing that maybe is just something that I can just attain and just have and just keep. But what if joy, church, isn't just an emotion? What if it's not just a feeling? What if it's more than that? What if it's more than something we just, if only I could be this, I could be joyful, you know? What if joy is something that isn't just something we try to gain? That it's more than just a pursuit of happiness? You know, if only I can get to the weekend through work this week, then I'll be joyful because I've made it. You know, what if, you know, oh, if only I could just have that newer model of that car or even that car in itself, then I'll be fine and I can be joyful about it. What if I could just have this house or, or this aspect of somebody else's life, then it'll be all right. I'll find my joy then because that's going to help me out. You know, that's, that's not how life works. What even saying, if only I could be that person, look like that person, act like that person or have what they have, then I'll be joyful. But joy flows from what we focus on, church. What are you focusing on today? What are you focusing on today? Are you focusing on something that you're trying to achieve or gain that will never fulfill and never really bring joy? 
You know, I read this interesting article in uh, the New York Times, and this uh, guy was interviewing a millionaire and I'm um, trying to figure out, you know, how joy-filled are you? And it's interesting. He says this. I'm going to read you a quote. It says, the miserable millionaire <laughs> expressed his concerns to Charles. Charles was the guy doing the interview. Recognizing that he is privileged to earn his salary, but after 12 hours of work a day, it does not seem worth the trouble. When I die, is anyone going to care that I earned an extra percentage point of my return? My work feels totally meaningless. Coming from the words of a millionaire who seemingly in our world would be like, well, he's got everything, right? Meaningless. Meaningless. You know, even if we think about the prodigal son in the Bible, incredible story where he goes to his father and he says, Dad, give me all of my inheritance. Give me everything I've got coming. I want to go and I want to live my life. And he goes out, he takes it all, doesn't he? And he blows it all on what he thinks is the high life and what he thinks will bring him that ultimate kind of joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. And then very quickly it's gone. And he's left with nothing. And he's eating the pig's food. And the only thing that really, truly brings him back is the love of the Father. He can only know joy through the love of the Father. Today, church, we need to shift our focus. Look away from the natural realm of what is around us and focus on Jesus. Because, well, when he was on the cross... He focused on you, that verse, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. Joyful because he knew that you would be his. We need an eternal perspective. That when we go through hardships and pain and mourning and loss, we don't focus on what's around us, but we focus on Jesus. We focus on knowing where we're going to go. We focus on knowing who we are as a child of God and who he is as the king, creator, and savior. That's what we focus on. We don't focus on what's just in front of us, thinking, I can't get through this, but we focus on Jesus who's going, I can give you everything you need. I've got everything you need. Just trust in me. Eternal perspective. And as we focus on Jesus... The fact that we get to have a life of freedom, of grace, and of love, we receive joy. We receive that joy. You might be thinking, Sarah, but where do I get this joy from? It comes from knowing God. It's quite simple. It's not something you achieve or you gain or you, you, know, you can build up. It becomes more than emotion or a feeling. It becomes a state of being. A state of being, knowing who you are and who he is. You know, we're children of the Most High. My goodness. God loves me. God loves you. Isn't it incredible? Does that not make your heart full? Does it not make your soul burst? Does it not make you just go, oh, wow, he loves me. That brings me joy, church. That brings a joy that no one can rob. No one can steal that love away from me. There's nothing that I can do to lose that love. There is nothing that's going to break that relationship between me and God because he loved me first. He thought of me on the cross. There's no way it's going to be robbed or taken from me. 
You know, it, you look at it like childbirth. Yeah, it might be hard in the moment, but joy comes. Jesus endured the cross. Did he enjoy it? No. But he knew what was coming, and that's what gave him joy. He knew what was coming, and that's what gave him joy. You know, I have a choice in my life. Some of you will know I have a journey with mental health. And um, sometimes when my depression is really kicking and it's really hard, I have a choice in the morning. I can lie in bed and go, this is just not going to happen. Or I can go, I need to look beyond. I need to look beyond to who God is and not what is happening right now in this moment. I can choose to pick up my foot and put it out of the bed and stand up and then I look to Jesus again because it's hard and I pick up the next foot and I go again and I keep going and going, not because of what I'm living in, but because of who he is and the joy that he is and that he gives me, the plan and the purpose that he gives me. It's not easy, but he gives me joy, that underlying just rooted joy that can only come through him church. It can only come through him. There is nowhere else you can get that abundant, overflowing joy. Unlocking our joy by focusing on Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'd love to stand here and say it's all going to be peachy and rosy from now on. But we know that life is tough, right, church? Life, we're just going to be real and real about it. it. It can be difficult. You know, there's moments where you might say, but Sarah, how the heck am I going to focus on Jesus when I've lost my job? How am I going to focus on Jesus? How am I going to know that joy when I've lost a loved one? Or my marriage is failing? Or life just feels overwhelming? It is hard. Don't get me wrong about this. But it says this in John 15. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and in my words, they remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Like, it's an amazing verse. It's pretty hardcore, (laughs) you know. If you don't remain in him, you're going to wither away. The branches that fall away are going to be thrown into the fire. But if you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. The fruit of joy. The fruit of knowing that pure, abundant joy. If you remain in him. It's kind of pretty clear, church. (laughs) You know, it's crucial and critical that you stay rooted in God. It's, and I know we hear this quite a lot, but I cannot tell you this enough. You have to stay rooted in God. How can you expect to live a life full of joy if you don't know Jesus? If you're not connected in? You know, it's the reality of saying, remain in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. That means going to church when you really don't want to. Exactly. That means... Christopher just really agrees with me. That's all it is. It means that moment when you're lying in bed and you're thinking, I just can't be bothered today. No, it means getting up and going. That's what it means. It means that moment where you're thinking, I could be part of a small group, but I just don't have enough time. And I loved what Mandy said earlier. Find the time. I'm sorry, but if you want to remain in him and him in you, you've got to find the time. 
work out your priorities in life. Reading your Bible when you're in a rush and you think, oh, I'll, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, and you know you won't later. <laughs> Praying even when you just want to watch that next episode on Netflix. It's the realities of life, right, church? It's small little things, but those small little things, one, add one, add one, add one, add one, add one, add one, build. Build. And eventually you live knowing that joy. Because it's not something that's robbed. It's not something you can just get. It's there when you know Jesus. And you build it. You exercise it. You have to main rebooted and connected to the vine. You know, I'm not great with plants and things. I unfortunately do just have a tendency to kill things and plants. But I do know that if you don't water it and you don't stay connected, it's going to die. And church, I don't want to be a, a church of people that are not connected and not rooted and not remained. I don't want to be that. I, my heart is so for you, church. I love you so much. And I would be so sad to see any of you struggle or fall away because you're not connected. We want to be connected with you. We want to be your church family. We want to be right with you in the highs and the lows. That's what we do. That's how we stay connected. And church, imagine if today we all shifted our focus that little bit. We start of, started focusing on all that is to come, all the amazing things. That as a church, if we all did that, imagine. Imagine how joyful we'd be. We don't have to worry about the past anymore. That's not going to rob of joy because that's been wiped away. We don't have to worry about the future either because he's already got a plan and a purpose. You don't got that to worry about. So you can live in joy. Imagine if I live in joy, you live in joy, you live in joy, you live in joy. If we as a collective church were a house of people who went in the streets of Chester and the Wirral and North Wales and beyond, people are going, what is it about those people down there? Why do they look so happy and joyful? I know it's Jesus and you know it's Jesus. They're going to come to know it's Jesus. We can live in that abundant joy and when we do, people are attracted to it. People want to know what that is. Don't you want to be a church that's just full of joy? <laughs> Don't you want to be a church that just, oh, just is so satisfied in knowing who Jesus is and what that means for us? Knowing that joy, joy flows from what we focus on. So where are you focused today? Are you focused on the joy through Jesus' death and resurrection? Are you still trying to build and gain something? Where is your focus today, church? I want to challenge you to maybe shift that focus. Leave behind the worries and the fears look to Jesus who loves you and maybe some of you here today you need to do that you need a little bit of a refocus because when he focused and when he was on the cross he focused on the joy of knowing you when Jesus was on the cross he focused on the joy of knowing you thank you for listening to this audacious podcast for any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.